of the Lord. Amen. Today we're looking into the book of Jude, that one little chapter book in the Bible, the book of Jude, right before the book of the Revelation. We're going to read verse number 24. The book of Jude and verse number 24. Jude says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Father, I thank you today for the incredible, incredible promise, Lord, that you are able today, you are able today to keep us from stumbling. You are able to keep us from falling. Lord, I thank you that you're not only able to save us, but you are able to keep us. God, I just pray today that you will help us. Lord, I just pray your anointing will rest upon the message, the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears to hear the word of the Lord, we ask. We ask in the name of Jesus, all of God's people will say, Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. I'm going to talk about using for my subject this morning, don't stumble. Some of you, some of you like me will remember as a little boy, remember a program that we used to watch on television many, many years ago. Some of you that are a little younger will remember because of Nick at Night, but some of you will remember the introduction to a very funny old show. Let's look at it right now. The Dick Van Dyke Show, starring Dick Van Dyke, Rosemary, Maury Amsterdam, Larry Matthews, and Mary Tyler Moore. How many remember that show? How many understand that the devil will make sure that there is always something in our way to trip us up and cause us to stumble? Jude says in verse number 24 that we do not have to stumble. I want to talk about four things that I see in this very small little verse this morning. The first thing that I see that Jude talks about, and that is the possibility. Say possibility. Jude says in verse 24 that God is able to keep us from stumbling. Or another word that other translations use is the word falling. Well, logic says to me that if God is able to keep us from stumbling, if God is able to keep us from falling, then the the possibility must exist for us to stumble or fall. Now, Now, I don't want to get into a theological debate with you today about whether or not a person can lose their salvation. I will go on record as saying that I personally believe that a person can lose their salvation, but I don't think it's very easy. Now, here's what I believe. You can take it or you can leave it. But here's what I believe. I believe that if you have the right to choose, that if man has the right of choice, then that right of choice would work both ways. If you have the right to choose Christ, then you would also have the right to reject Christ. If you have the right to walk towards Christ, then you would also have the same right to walk away from Christ. 
if you have the right to choose to get in, you would also then have the right to choose to get out. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23 says, You were once alienated from God because of sin. But God has reconciled you to God through Christ, and He will present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. Wow, that is shouting ground. That is shouting ground. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't forget the next verse. Verse 23 says, If. What? Oh. 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 You were once alienated from God because of sin, but God reconciled you to God through Christ, and He will present you holy. He will present you holy in His sight. He will present you without blemish. He will present you free from, from accusation if, if, if what? If you continue in your faith. If you what? If you continue in your faith. That little bitty word, if, carries a gigantic meaning. Romans chapter 11 verse 21 and 22 says, If God did not spare the original branches, talking about the Jews, if God did not spare the original branches, the Jews, he will not spare you either, the Gentiles. It goes on to say, notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed, but he is kind to you if you continue. If you can what? If you what? If you continue. If you continue to trust in his kindness, but what? But if you stop trusting, I'm still reading the word. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. We're talking about the possibility of stumbling. We're talking about the possibility of falling right now. Now, let me suggest that some, some people stumble momentarily and quickly, quickly recover and quickly get back on their feet while others stay down for the count. Some stumble to the point of totally losing out. And others merely stumble to the point that it affects their witness and their effectiveness. Let me suggest four things this morning. Four things that could cause a person to stumble. The first one I would suggest would be unexpected situations. You see, for some Christians, they they, they do well. They, they do well. As long as the sun is shining, as long as the sky is blue, as long as the birds are singing, they do, they do well. As long as the paycheck is coming in every week and as long as the bills are getting paid and as long as the kids are all well and, and behaving and as long as the mother-in-law isn't moving in. But just let a little bump appear in the road. Let tragedy strike. Let adversity knock on their door and boom, down they go. They have stumbled. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved. Who do you think he's talking to when he uses the word beloved? Beloved or saints, he says. Do not think it's strange. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's 
unusual. Don't think it is out of the ordinary concerning the fiery trial that is going to try you as though some strange or or unusual or out of the ordinary thing has happened to you. Listen up, church. Being a Christian doesn't automatically insulate you and spare you from all the troubles and heartaches of life. Listen, if you thought that that becoming a Christian would protect you and separate you from all the difficulties of life, if you thought that becoming a Christian that God was going to somehow put you in some kind of a protective plastic bubble where nothing ever bad could ever happen or ever uh, take place in your life, sorry. Sorry, I hate to burst that, that bubble this morning. Sorry, the truth is becoming a Christian puts a target on your back. Satan targets Christians. He wants to bring us down. His goal is to make us stumble. His goal is to make us fall. But Jude says that God is able to keep you from stumbling. Another thing that uh, could cause us to stumble, how how about ungrateful people? Ungrateful people. That could make us become disillusioned, that could cause us to be discouraged, that could cause us to stumble, that could cause us to fall. Don't you wish, don't you wish that all Christians actually acted like Christians? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Actor Richard Gere said, he said, he said actually, he said, I, I would become a Christian, he said, But I've never met one. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching too much TV, Grandpa. <laughs> Richard Gere, actor Richard Gere, he said, I would become a Christian if I could, if I could only see one and meet one. He said, he said, I love the teaching of Christianity. He said, I love the teaching of Jesus Christ. He said, I just don't see his followers practicing his teaching. Ouch. Let me go on record this morning by telling you that some of the sweetest, some of the kindest, some of the gentlest, some of the the most wonderful people in the world I met at church. And some of the meanest, some of the grouchiest, some of the crankiest, some of the most cantankerous, People I ever met in my life, I met at church. I've told this story before, but it fits here. I'm telling it again. Years ago, many years ago now, I remodeled a church I was pastoring. Did it all by myself. Weeks went by, nobody said a word about the remodeling. And so one day I was standing out in the foyer with one of my deacons and I asked him, I said, well, so what did you think about all the remodeling? And he took me over to the front door and he said, I noticed you got a little bit of that texture on the door here. <laughs> Later, I, I said to God, I said, God, I'll never do anything for these ungrateful people ever again. 
And if God ever spoke to me, he spoke to me and he said, oh, you did it for them. I thought you did it for me. Sometimes we Christians forget who we're working for. Let me tell you by experience, and I'm, I'm not bitter or angry or whatever. I, I promise you, I, I am not. But let me just tell you by experience that people are going to disappoint you. Church people. Uh, pe- people are going to hurt your feelings. Uh, people are going to take advantage of you. People are going to take you for granted. Pe- people can be downright ugly sometimes. Listen, if you do what you do for people... That could cause you to stumble and cause you to fall. You need to remember who we are, who we are really working for. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Jesus said in Matthew 25 and 40, what you have done for others, Jesus said you have done for me. Another thing that could cause you to stumble or fall is unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations could cause you to stumble and fall. And unrealistic expectations operate in three directions. The first one is the expectation that we place on other people. In our early ministry, my wife and I were constantly being disappointed by our church people. As we matured in ministry, we discovered and come to understand that we were placing unrealistic expectations on people. I see it now in staff. Not ones I have now, maybe earlier in when they first came, even a little bit, because they were young and perhaps had unrealistic expectations on their workers and their uh, leaders. Um, you see what? Well, we didn't understand what my wife and I didn't understand when we were young in ministry. That the church is our life. You're our family. Oh, we have our regular family, but, but you are our family. The church is our life. We eat, we sleep, we breathe the church. We don't clock out at 5 or 5.30 or 6 o'clock and we go home. We don't clock out. We're still working at home. The church, it's our life. We eat it, we sleep it, we breathe it. It's our passion. It's our world. And it's very unrealistic to think that the average church member is going to be that way as well. And then there's the unrealistic expectations that other people place on us. Yeah. You know, to be perfect. To always act and always react at such a high level. That is unrealistic. I'll never forget when I was just a young pastor. and There's a little boy in the church, Charlie Bill. Charlie Bill, he was quite the guy. 
he was a, a little bit slow. Good little boy, good little kid, and he loved me. I mean, he loved me, and he would, he would mimic me, and he would pretend to be me, and he would come over to the parsonage, just him. And how old was he, babe? Nine going on six, right? <laughs> he'd come over to the park, just him. He just lived right down the road, and he'd come down, and he'd knock on the door, and we'd come there and open the door, and it's just Charlie Bill. <laughs> What you need, Charlie Bill? Ah, just come to visit. (laughs) Just come to visit. (laughs) And we'd visit with him. (laughs) And then when we got tired of him, we'd send him on home. I'll never forget one day, and this is many, many years, but I'll never forget one day, his mama, his mama Agnes, and Charlie Bill, we were all talking, and, and Charlie Bill, Charlie Bill, he just yells out to me, he says, Pastor Benson, do you watch Starsky Hutch? <laughs> Starsky and Hutch? Pastor, do you watch Starsky Hutch? Before I could answer, his mother says, Charlie Bill, of course Pastor doesn't watch Starsky and Hutch. Pastor is too busy praying. Pastor is too busy studying. Pastor, no, Pastor Benson doesn't watch Starsky and Hutch. Just happened to be my favorite program (laughs) in the late 70s. The unrealistic expectations that people place on us. And then there's the unrealistic expectations that, that we place on ourselves. I'll never forget many, many years ago my dad was pastoring a church and there was a man that got saved and he gave his heart to the Lord. He's about 45 years old. It was the first time he had ever been saved in his life. 45 years old. His name was Troy. He ran a bread route. And after being saved one day, he's out on his bread route and he was picking up one of those heavy bread trays that was full of bread and he accidentally dropped it on his toe. And a four-letter word came out of his mouth. Well, he was devastated. He knew he was headed straight for hell. And in those days, we kind of preached it kind of like that. He came to my dad all sad and blue and discouraged. and Told my dad, he said, Pastor, he said the other day when I was delivering... My bread, he said, I accidentally dropped a bread tray on my toe. And he said, I cursed. He said, I guess I'm not saved. I guess I'm going to hell. My dad assured him. My dad said, Troy, how long did you curse? Well, about 40 years. He said, Troy, how long have you been saved? Huh? Two weeks. Troy, Troy, it might take a little time. There's a difference between salvation and sanctification. It's a process. I'm not saying it's okay for you to curse, Troy, but I'm saying that when you do, if something like that happens again, just say, Lord, forgive me. The Lord knows your heart. I mean, no unrealistic expectations that we place on ourselves could cause us to stumble. 
Whether they come from other people to us, or us to other people, or the unrealistic expectations that we often place on ourselves, they can cause us to stumble. Romans chapter 14 and verse 13 says, let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another, another believer to stumble or fall. We're talking about the possibility of stumbling, the possibility of falling. Notice one more thing that could cause us to stumble or fall. How about unmet goals and dreams? Recently, I was talking with two different people on two separate occasions. And one, and one gentleman began to tell me about how disappointed and how discouraged he was about unmet goals and dreams. The other gentleman began to tell me about God placing him and his wife on hold for 16 months and how they had begun to wonder if God would ever use them again and began to wonder if the dreams and goals of their life would ever be fulfilled. But he went on to tell me how that suddenly, seemingly, out of nowhere, God opened an, an unbelievable and an incredible, incredible door for them and God placed them in a position that they would never have ever dreamed it would ever be possible they would ever have that position. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, let's not grow tired of doing what is good at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we do not give up. Oh, friend, it is, it is so sad. It is so sad. And yet, so many people stumble. So many people fall over unmet goals and dreams. Oh, oh, even as a runner, it's just a few feet away from the finish line. Oh, and winning the race and having the winner's wreath placed around his neck. And yet, he stumbles and he falls and totally loses the race. Oh, hear me this morning, church. Don't allow the temporary frustration and disappointment of unmet goals and dreams to cause you to stumble. And let me give you some very practical advice while I'm here this morning. Make sure you get God's dream. We hear a lot about dreams, having a dream for your life. But you don't just need a dream for your life. You need God's dream for your life. Make sure you get God's dream. Make sure that your, your goals line up with God's goals for your life. Sometimes people tell me what they think God told them to do, and I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding. Write this down this morning. A God idea will work. A good idea will work you. A God idea will work. A good idea will work you. We're talking about the possibility. If God is able to keep you from stumbling, if he is able to keep you from falling, then surely the possibility exists for you to stumble or fall. And whether it's stumbling, uh, whether stumbling in your case means eventually losing your salvation or maybe it just means a temporary loss of effectiveness. Uh, oh, in your witness, a temporary loss of effectiveness to others, which in and of itself is huge. Because you see, sometimes our temporary stumbling causes others to stumble permanently. 
Recently, I've heard of two pastors who have stumbled in moral issues. No doubt, both of these pastors will get back up, be rehabilitated, and minister again. That's the good news. The bad news is there will be a host of people. Though the pastor stumbled momentarily, there will be a host of people who will stumble over him permanently. Although I want to encourage you this morning that if you have stumbled or if you stumble, all you got to do is just look up to the Lord and he'll pick you back up and get you going. I, that's, listen, that's the good news. And I want you to shout over that. But I want you to understand, even though your stumbling may be temporary, if you're not careful, your momentary stumbling can cause others to stumble permanently. The second thing, and the last three points are quicker than the first, okay? So don't worry too much about it. Let's talk about the promise. Jude said, Jude said in verse 24, Now, now to him who is able, who's what? Who is able? Able to what, Jude? Able to keep you from stumbling. Can we have the other video? The Dick Van Dyke Show. Starring Dick Van Dyke. Rosemary, Maury Amsterdam, Larry Matthews, and Mary Tyler Moore. Unto him that's able to keep you from stumbling. Pastor, I, I can't. But God says you can. Pastor, it's just too hard to stay on my feet. Oh, oh there are just too many temptations. There are just too many, too many obstacles. There are too many opportunities to stumble. Pastor, everybody stumbles. But God's promise is that he can keep you. He can keep you on your feet. He can keep you walking upright and on a righteous path. He can keep you from stumbling. He can keep you from falling. So the next time that you are tempted to stumble in some area, oh, oh the next time that you're about to stumble, oh, oh, you might be even on your way down, but remind yourself of God's promise. Reach up to Him, and He will grab you by the hand, and He will steady you, and He will keep you on your feet. He is able to keep you from stumbling. He is able to keep you from falling. It's His promise. The third thing that I see in this little verse is the presentation. Not only did Jude say that God is able to keep us from stumbling, but also He is able to present us to Himself on Judgment Day. And notice what shape He's able to present us in. Oh, first of all, He's able to present us faultless. Faultless. How could that be? How could that be? I've been here nearly 10 years now. I'm... I'm pretty sure, pretty sure you picked up on some of my faults. I know some of you have because you've been all too good about telling me what they are. Or you've told somebody that you knew would tell me. 
pretty sure in nearly 10 years you picked up on some of my thoughts. That's okay. In nearly 10 years, I've discovered you've got some too. Hey, if the Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. If the Bible says that all have sinned and come short or missed the mark, all. How can God present us faultless on judgment day if we've all sinned, if we've all fallen short, if we all have our faults? How can God present us faultless? Here's how. You see, it's not so much that we are faultless as it is that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, God doesn't hold our faults against us. And the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, washes and covers our faults. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Man, that's just about as good as John 3.16 right there. Romans chapter 4 verse 7 and 8. Oh, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. But not only is God able to present us faultless, but also with exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. Yeah. Hard to get good help these days. I'm going to take away from your pay. Oh, we don't pay you nothing. Oh, having fun back then. (laughs) Yeah, no more donuts. (laughs) This Saturday, you only get four donuts, not eight. (laughs) We're having fun today, hopefully. You know, most people start out their new lives in Christ with joy. But too many lose joy somewhere along the way. You know, there's just nothing worse than a sour-spirited saint. Amen? Amen. You've met him, haven't you? Amen. For them, nothing is ever right. I mean, the preacher never preaches right. The deacons never deek right. The ushers never ush right. They remind me, I've told you before, but they remind me of the old story of the old fellow that was taking a nap on the couch and his ornery kids decided to play a trick on their dad. They went in the kitchen, got in the refrigerator and got some Limburger cheese and smeared it on his mustache while he was asleep. And when he woke up, it stinks in this living room, he said. Walked into the bedroom. It stinks in here. He walked into the kitchen. It stinks in here. He went outside, took a great big whiff, and he said, oh my goodness, the whole world stinks. I don't know about you, but I've met that Christian. This is not the type of Christian 
that will have a positive influence and effect on an unsaved world. God, give us some joy-filled Christians. I remember an old song years ago. If you're happy, notify your face. Take that frown off. Put a smile in its, in its place. If you love Jesus, show it to the human race. If you're happy, notify your face. God, give us some joy-filled Christians. Romans 14 and 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of legalism. It's not, Paul said, it's not about what we will eat or not eat. It's not about what we will drink or not drink. It's not about where we will go or not go. It's not about what we will do or not do. He said the kingdom of God is living a life of of goodness, a life of peace, and a life of joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 and 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says, the fruit or the offspring or the byproduct of the Holy Spirit, one of them is joy. The Bible says that one of the proofs of the Holy Spirit living in you is joy. So I ask you this morning, do you have any joy? I'm going to ask you this morning, do you produce any joy? I want to ask you today, do you display any joy? Do you dispense any joy? I want to ask you this morning, do you have any proof, any proof at all that the Holy Spirit is inside of you? Because if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, amen, you're going to produce joy. The fruit of the Spirit, the offspring, the byproduct, amen, of the Spirit is joy. Do you have any fruit in your life today. Let me tell you that what's on the inside will show on the outside. Notice the last thing I see this little verse in the book of Jude. The prerequisite. The prerequisite. Verse 24, one last time. Now unto him. Unto whom? Are we able? The answer is no. I'm not treating. No. Are we able? Are we able to stay upright and not stumble? Are we? Are we able to walk holy? Are we able to walk righteous? Are we able to keep ourselves from stumbling? Are we able to present ourselves to God on judgment day faultless and beaming with joy? No, no, 100%, absolutely no. But He, He is able. He is able. He's able to do this in us. He's able to do this through us. He's able to do this for us. Now unto Him who is able. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. God saved you by His grace when you believed. I'm reading. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I'm still reading. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Colossians 1, 22 and 23 again. God has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ and has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and you are blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I'm still reading, but you must continue to believe this and stand firmly in it. We could get the musicians and the singers back in place very quietly and quickly this morning, please. The title of my message today is Don't 
stumble. Everybody standing with me this morning, please. The title of my message today is Don't Stumble. The question is, have you? The question is, are you about to? The question is, if you have, what are you going to do about it? Friend, if you'll just simply reach up to God today. If you're about to stumble, maybe you have already stumbled. If you have stumbled and you have fallen, all you have to do today is reach up to God today in faith. And God will reach down to you today. And God will take you by the hand. And God will pick you back up. And God will put you back on your feet and get you going in the right direction. If you are in the process of stumbling and you're on your way down today, God is able before you completely fall, if you just quickly reach after him, he's able to take you by the hand and stabilize you and keep you from stumbling and keep you from falling and keep you going. The right direction. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this place today. I wonder if there's one or more than one this morning. You would you would admit this morning, Pastor, I I have stumbled. I, I, I know I'm here today, but I know I have stumbled. I know I have fallen. I recognize it today. And by faith today, I'm going to reach up to God and believe that God is going to pick me back up and get me back on the right track. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand this morning. Just lift your hand this morning. I have stumbled. I have fallen. I'm down. I'm down. I've stumbled. I'm fallen. Yes, I'm here, but I know that I'm not where I should be. I know I'm on the ground. I know I have stumbled. I know I'm fallen. I recognize that. But I also recognize the fact that I don't have to stay down. All I have to do is reach up to God by faith in God. Take a hold of my hand and get me back up and going again. Can I see your hand? Anyone in this room today, would you would you be honest? Would you be honest? Just, just be honest. Just be honest. Anybody? Anybody? Oh, God bless you. Thank you, sir. You can put your head down there. Thank you, sir. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. There's somebody else this morning, maybe two or three others. Yeah, I, I'm here today, but really, I, I know I've stumbled. I know I've fallen. I'm down. I'm down. I know I am, but I, wanna, I don't want to stay down this morning. I want God to pick me up. I want to get right with God today and on the right path. Can I see your hand? Anyone in this room? Thank you. God bless you. Right, how many this morning you would you would recognize the fact that I'm I'm not down, but I am I am tottering a little bit. I'm I, I'm I am stumbling. I, I'm on the pro, I'm in the process of stumbling right now. Uh, uh, what I do right now is going to determine whether or not whether or not I go all the way down or whether or not I just missed a step or two and I. I get back up and keep going the right place. How many of this morning say, Pastor, I'm in the process of stumbling. Uh, oh, I'm in the process. 
Somebody put something in my way. The devil put something in my way and I've tripped over it. I'm not all the way down yet, but I'm stumbling over it. But I don't want to go all the way down. I want to reach up right now. I want the Lord to stabilize me right now and keep me from falling and keep me from totally stumbling. How many can lift your hand and say, that's me this morning? God bless you. How many others this morning? How many others? I'm not all the way down, but I'm stumbling. I, I'm, I'm in the process. And oh, what I do right now is going to determine what happens. How many others this morning? How many others today? All right, there's about three or so. I'm not sure. Three or four. Two or three or four. Three, I think, maybe. Lifted a hand for one or the other. You lifted your hand this morning and you meant business this morning and you want God. You want to reach out by faith. You want to reach out by faith. Let me ask you as you reach out by faith to come and do it right here in the front this morning. Just get out of your seat and come to the front. Two or three that lifted your hand. Just come this morning. Just come and start reaching out to God. Just come. Come on in close. Come on in close. Amen. Literally lift up your hands this morning. Literally lift up your hands. Come on. Literally lift up your hands. And as you reach up and you reach up to God this morning, God is able, if you've already fallen, God is able to pick you up. If you're in the process of falling, God is able to stabilize you. He's able. He's able to keep you. He's able uh, unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and keep you from stumbling today. Now I'd like for the whole church to come this morning. Everybody come. Everybody come. And let's spend some time in His presence, one-on-one with God. In His presence, one-on-one with God today.
Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep us from stumbling. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. And Lord, as we we just have an urgent prayer request right now, as Thelma Garza received a text that Eli's mother has been rushed to the hospital with extremely high blood pressure. Father, we just pray that you would touch his mom right now. Father, that you would lower her blood pressure in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray your protection as they're traveling to the hospital. And Lord, we just pray your hand of protection over Eli's mother. In Jesus' name, we're believing you for a healing. We're believing you for a good report. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please continue to pray for Thelma and Eli and and his mother. Uh, We are officially dismissed this morning. If you're a guest with us, please turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center. Have a wonderful afternoon.